as in Jesus. I'd like to invite Ron to please come and read Mark 2, 13 to 17. Thank you, Ron. So from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. And as he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why? Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I, I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinner. Ron for reading to us. I'll just pray before um, I speak. Lord of love, hospitality, change, giver of all life, please speak to all of us today and use me as you would will. Amen. So today's talk is called Eating with Sinners, and it's about a scandalous dinner party. We start with the context of our reading. Mark is one of four Gospels in our Bible, and the author is John Mark. Likely, Mark wrote the Gospel in Rome around AD 60, and the original audience is uh, Christians in Rome. So if we consider the historical uh, context and setting for this lesson, Capernaum was on the northwest side of uh, Lake Galilee. It was a really sizable town with quite a lot of uh, resources, government offices, junctions of trade routes, a Roman military centre, racial diversity, a mix of faiths, a synagogue, and that tax office. And on religion... There were many teachers at the time from various religions. And for a time, Jesus' um, ministry headquarters were there in Capernaum. There he taught large crowds and performed miracles. So, for example, we hear about the paralysed man being uh, healed. But Jesus wasn't an official uh, religious teacher in the sense that he wasn't part of one of the branches of teaching. He wasn't... Um, kind of linked into a very particular synagogue. In the official system, all Jewish boys 
received religious education to a certain age. And my research didn't find out what age that was, so I do apologise for that. And further, stage of further stages of education, for boys anyway, were a bit more elitist. So what I mean is, teachers observed boys for quite a long time before selecting a few for more religious education. And teachers taught their ways to those disciples, and years later, a disciple may become a teacher themselves, and so the cycle went round. And today, students get university offers uh, via an official letter or an email, um, but over 2,000 years ago, an offer of religious apprenticeship through one of these teachers was the teacher saying, follow me. Hold that thought, because we'll come back to it. Regarding Capernaum's tax office, Romans, merchants, travellers, locals, and the Jewish communities paid tax to support the Roman government, to support the Roman military, and to um, support the pagan temples. And many tax collectors profited by overcharging taxpayers. Jewish tax collectors were mostly rejected by their community as religiously unclean, and they were despised as morally bankrupt fraudsters, supporters of Rome, and unbelievers. <coughs> People thought they'd sold out. And tax collectors were viewed in a similar way to how we might see a modern loan shark. And Levi, or Matthew, was one such tax collector. In our reading, uh, a miracle happens, and Jesus says to Matthew, follow me. Jesus is offering the tax collector this religious apprenticeship. And Matthew accepts. So if we think a little bit more about that, um, that invite, follow me, I think there's a bit of a subtext going on, and it's, it's our up question. Who does Matthew really believe Jesus to be? For him to choose to follow Jesus, who does Matthew really believe Jesus to be? And I, th I think it's likely that Jesus, uh, sorry, Matthew knew about Jesus' ministry. After all, Christ was a local celebrity. He's walking, been walking past uh, this tax office that Matthew's in day in, day out, with a whole load of followers with him as well. Perhaps Levi believes the Old Testament plus the bits that we find in Mark's Gospel before our particular reading. And if so then Levi believes Jesus is God and forgives sins. Jesus has authority. Christ is a healer, an exorcist, a teacher, and a ceremonial cleanser. Now, that, I know that sounds like a beauty product, but what I mean is um, someone who can make people ceremonially clean again when others believe they are not. And Jesus is the Messiah who says, the kingdom of God is near, Repent and believe the good news. Matthew transforms because of his faith in Christ. Levi was viewed by his community as unbelieving, but now he has a Messiah. Levi was seen as ceremonially unclean, but the Lord forgives him. 
Matthew was a social outcast, but now he belongs to Christ. Levi was son of Alphaeus, but now he's in Christ's family. And Levi was despised, but now he knows God loves him. That's Matthew and his beliefs. But what about us? Who do we believe Jesus is? And returning to that invite that Jesus gives people, follow me, I think it probably has another subtext. Turn actions into beliefs. And that's one of our challenges that that has been shared with the church over time. Turn actions into beliefs. Sorry, beliefs into actions. And actually, that's what, as I understand it, Levi himself does. Levi turns beliefs into actions. Matthew knows that following Jesus includes repentance. So he switches from fraud to disciple-making. Matthew loves and wants the best for other people. He knows that a right relationship with Jesus is the best thing anyone can have ever. And for me, that was one of the things that was coming through that video as well, that the people who are being persecuted for their faith know that a right relationship with Jesus is, is the best thing you can have ever. Otherwise, they, they, they wouldn't be continuing to worship. And Matthew wants others to know Christ better. So, Levi hosts a dinner party and invites his tax officer buddies, the, uh, the tax collector buddies, the Messiah and Jesus' followers, so they can all get to know each other. And I think that Matthew's um, dinner party is a brilliant bit of disciple-making. Matthew is a newish Christian, but he launches into evangelism. He doesn't wait to be trained. He's only just started that apprenticeship. He uses what we might call friendship evangelism, that's sharing Jesus with our buddies, with people we come into contact with. And also, he's taking a culturally sensitive approach. Hospitality was a really key part of the culture at the time and also of the Jewish faith. So Levi is using hospitality, a dinner party, to create opportunities for others to meet Jesus. And I think there's things we can apply here in the sense that friendship evangelism is one of the really effective ways to evangelise and also... uh, doing things in a culturally sensitive way is more likely to um, draw people in and help them to understand Jesus and to know Jesus as their saviour. And also in helping people to to know Jesus better um, at whatever stage of faith they are at. And moving on to verse 16, the Pharisees are scandalised that Jesus ate with sinners So what is that about? Now, um, as I understand it, Pharisees were some of the uh, official teachers. They focused on nationalism and their loyalties were to Yahweh and to tradition. And the word Pharisee means separated ones. So unsurprisingly, they socialised within their own holy huddle. 
And, and they didn't really mix with others, especially not with the ceremonially unclean, the sinners, and so on. And the, the Pharisees were expecting Jesus to be like them. So that's why I think they were scandalized by Jesus eating the sinners. And praise God, Jesus differs from the Pharisees. Jesus loves everyone and spends time with anyone who needs him or listens to him. Jesus comes to call sinners. Matthew has recognised his sins. He knows that he's violated the Old Testament law. He realises that when Je what Jesus did for him is, is massive. All of those changes he's seen, the forgiveness he's experienced, it's absolutely huge. Matthew loves Jesus. He loves Christ because Christ loves, forgives, accepts, and also changes people. Now, we could, we could try and, and apply what we've, what we've thought about, what we've seen in this reading, and if I applied it to myself, I could say, well, I'm not Levi. I'm no fraudster. I'm all right. I don't need a Matthew-style transformation. But that's that, that is, that it's just not right. It, it, that's, I mean, I'm not a fraudster, to be fair. But, um, but I have sinned. I have lied. I have done other sins. I, I, I fall so short at the magnificent, holy, perfect, sinless glory of Jesus Christ. You know, I, I need Christ and I need to be transformed by him. And it's not just me. Everybody has, has sinned and only the Lord is perfect. And in short, as I understand it, everyone needs a right relationship with God. Everybody needs to be changed by Christ. Everybody needs someone like Levi to help them know Jesus better. And also, we all need to be Levi to others. Amen. You are invited to uh, respond in a little way to all the things we've um, heard about this morning and talked about with one another. Um, if somebody could give out some pens and paper, please. Thank you. This is just if you want to. Thank you. Thank you, Nigel. <laughs> I'll try not to break anything. I've broken too many things today. That's fine. Thank you. So, pens and paper are coming round. And if you would like to, just for your own remembering, you could jot down a couple of just first names of people you might be able to help to meet Jesus or know Jesus better. And then how you might be able to help them do that. So we're just going to have a few minutes while we think and pray on that.